Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. Hello, Warwick, as one of our clients blocks us. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, Lisa. About, about going from zero to 100, which is pretty cool. It, it was one of our guests from Friday. I He's know. Just I was disappointed, but I was also excited because um, the reason they can't, can't choose not to uh, record an episode with us today is because they're really busy. It's not a bad thing, really, is it? Except for maybe our listeners, who I'm sure are sick of listening to us. <laughs> I don't know about that, Coxie. They keep listening, so they can't be sick of it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but is that is that actually, am I making an erroneous assumption, listeners, that just because you keep doing it, it means you're not sick of it? Because I think a lot of us do a lot of things that we probably know we shouldn't, but we just keep doing them because we always do them. So we keep doing them. It's easier just to keep doing what we've always done rather than uh, not doing the things that we shouldn't be doing. This is like the start of a Dr. Seuss book. It is a little bit. I would love to write a Dr. Seuss book, except it'd be a Dr. Nicole book, but I'm not a real doctor. So it'd just be a Coxie book. Dr. Coxie. Dr. Doctor in brackets, not Dr. Coxie. (laughs) Doctor, not doctor. Anyway, so this is turning into our usual. I'm going to tar you with the same brush, Coxie. Thank you. Guilt by association, hanging out with the waffly was. I really appreciate that. The feathers are sticking nicely. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think there is a good conversation in here, and it's one that... Uh, I had with one of our tradiepreneurs this week because uh, I was on board for their session on deck, was on deck, uh, talking about stopping things. Stop it. Just stop it. Well, And then starting things. Yeah. And which is the right order? Do you start new things before you stop old things? Is starting new things the pathway to stopping old things or do you need to stop old things before you can start new things? Phew, that's a lot of questions. I'm really confused. And in my experience, podcast people, there you go. You wanted a new name for our listeners. Podcast people. Yep. Pod peeps. Peepees. Pod peeps. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a stupid mood today. Yes, you are. More stupid than normal. I actually have seen stopping things first as the focus a more successful way of allowing space for new things to start than trying to add stuff and then stop doing old things. This is really interesting. Um, I'm glad you think so. (laughs) You might be the only person in Australia who agrees. Sorry if you don't agree, listeners, but it's a really interesting conversation or just even an interesting thought pattern. I am uh, unable to sit still, as you have learned very well, and frustrated straight to the crap out of Mr. Builder. Mm-hmm. I can't sit still. I can't, unless I'm doing something while sitting still, I can't actually sit still. I, if there is space in my day, I will fill it with a task. 
if I don't have a task on my to-do list, I'll invent a task or I'll do a task that's due in a couple of weeks time so that I have something to do. I'm not great at taking space. So for me, whilst what you say makes a lot of sense, stopping things in order to start new things, if I were to stop some things, I would fill that space with other stuff anyway. So for me and my personality type, I actually think I need to start, realize the value and then stop others to make the space to do the new task. Mm. So you need proof of the new way before you'll stop something else that's not working. Kind of. I need, um, I need, no, to make space, I'm probably thinking just about making space, not about the working and not working so much. So in terms of, if something's not working, if we weren't working with a client, I'd be more than happy to say, hey, I don't think this is going to work. I'm not sure we're the right fit for you. That that I could do no trouble uh, long before I needed to put somebody else in or do whatever. Mm. Or if I was using a particular piece of software and it wasn't working, and I would stop that, find a new solution. Those kinds of things I can stop before I start. But in terms of um, tasks and adding in a new thing that doesn't require me, I guess, to stop an old thing to fit it, I would just add it into my day and then realise that is so valuable and far more important for me to spend my time on. Therefore, I might stop something else that wasn't quite as important or necessary to be done. I'm not sure I'm making any sense. Yeah, it does I, in my head. I, I think there's a couple of different categories of stopping and starting. Mm. And the context of the conversation I was having with our client was they, and I think this is common for a lot of business people, Coxie, they feel overwhelmed by the amount of new stuff they feel they have to add to their days and weeks in order to, affect change in their businesses and it's like they have a full bucket already and often they feel like or their interpretation of what uh, you and I come along and do as you know coaches and mentors here at tradies in business is that they've already got a full bucket and we've got a bunch of other stuff that we want them to fit into that same already full bucket and they're like but it's going to overflow. It's already at the brim. And I think, you know, it's one of the challenges for us as, as coaches is perhaps getting clearer with people that what we want them to do is skim a bit of the crap off the top of the full bucket and make a bit of space to then pour the new stuff in. It's like, it's like replacing some of the water in the bucket, not putting more water into the already full bucket. And I think a lot of people miss the, the, the work of ladling out a bit of the old dirty water before they add the clean water. I think I do a great job of directing people to ladle out the dirty water, but I just top my bucket up myself personally. <laughs> I'm a shocker. It's like, For hang on, in particular, there's room in the bucket. Fill it up. It's got to be full. It's got to be full, overflowing all the time. But that's mm-hmm. not a great part of my, that's one of my flaws. It's taking too much on all the time. Mm, at least to recognize it. And I, I have definitely wrestled with that over the years. I had a reputation as being one of those people that can't sit still, always has to be doing something. Um, 
and I still have that in me, I guess, you know, even when I have a gap, <laughs> I'll, I'll go and iron three shirts because a client was 20 minutes late. It's like, Ooh, what can I do in that 20 minutes mm. instead of actually taking 20 minutes just to be still as I look out the window at what's happening across the road, uh, whilst podcasting with you, Coxie <laughs> case in point. Um, but it is so hard to get away from that. Always adding, 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 making mm. the bucket full overflowing. And I, and I do think a lot of people find that quite debilitating and then they end up not doing anything. Cause like, I can't fit any more in the bucket guys. It's like, no, 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 you've got to pour some out first. And, and that was mm. the conversation that I had with our client. I did a little video about it, which I may or may not publish based on your feedback uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of stopping some things as a way to create space in the bucket for the really cool, awesome stuff that look, most people know they should be doing weekly team meetings. And if you, you know, you have jobs that run over multiple days or even if they don't, that you should probably do a daily toolbox with your team. Um, you know that you should probably do a daily task list and that you can see there's some benefit in that or planning out your week or issuing your invoices on time, all the stuff that's in our tradies and business essentials guide, all the stuff that Coxie and I bang on about and on and on and on and on we go. And I feel like one of the big roadblocks, Nicole, is that people feel like they're already full up. So how do I fit more in? And how do you choose what to let go? Probably ah. even bigger question. Yes. What is it in that list of stuff that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis that already feels so overwhelming and full that you can actually let go to make space for something better? It is a really tough question. And it's one that uh, I've, been, I've been listening to a bit of Alan Watts and Jordan Peterson of late, uh, just going down some rabbit holes of philosophy and human psychology, as I like to do. Uh, and it's one of the big questions of what is important, what tasks or activities or occupations in terms of, you know, where we use our time, which of those are the most important. And I know for me personally, I have made a lot of things quote unquote, important over the years that aren't necessarily contributing in positive ways to my long-term happiness and fulfillment. Uh, put simply, they don't actually move me closer to the goals that I've got in life or to my purpose. So you're identifying yet again, how important goals are in the first place. We don't have goals. How do we know it's going to move us closer towards what it is that we want, i.e. our goals? Agree. And I think it's even bigger than goals, Coxie. It's about understanding what we value, like what's important to us. Mm. And, and not just in the material sense, but uh, is um, feeling calm throughout my day important to me? And does being busy every second of every day, doing something, always feel like I need to be productive in some way, is that actually contributing to something that's important to me, which is feeling calm? And if it's not, then that's an opportunity for me to have a look at, well, how are my behaviors actually serving that higher purpose? Even something as, I guess, seemingly small as having moments of calm throughout my day or 
not being so tired at night that I can't even be bothered to talk to my kids or my wife or husband or whatever. Not that I have a husband or not yet anyway, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's just stepping back and getting more clarity on what is actually important to me. What matters to me most does ironing three shirts between sessions actually, you know, is it really that important that I couldn't leave it till next week or just not iron the damn things at all? I wear a jumper every day anyway. So put on a slightly wrinkly shirt and put my jumper on. I mean, what difference does it actually make? Who's going to see it other than me? Why do I make that so important? Okay. So why? <laughs> because it's a habit, Coxie, because it's what I've always done. And I don't think about it. I'm not conscious about that. So is it going on your shit list that you can then let go of? Yeah. And I've actually done that recently. I've been wearing wrinkly shirts. Okay. That fills me with stress. So it takes away from my calm. <laughs> but my that's, family will have wrinkle-free shirts. But that's because you've made that an important value to you. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And and I I I see a lot of people that have made things important, but they've done it unconsciously or subconsciously because that was the program that was installed over the first 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 years of their life. And they don't actually stop to question it. It's like, okay, well, is this, of all the things I could be doing or experiencing right now, is this contributing as much as some of the other things? There are only 24 hours in every day. There's only 60 minutes in an hour. We can't create more time. So we actually have this fixed amount of life that we can experience on an ongoing basis. And if I was to boil this whole conversation down, this, this sort of philosophical look at how we behave in our businesses, I think it's that a lot of us are just unconsciously going about doing what we do without really examining it on a regular basis and going, okay, well, is this the most important thing? Is having neatly pressed shirts going to be important in 20 years when I wished that I'd actually spent more time with my kids or developing systems in my business so that I could step out and install a general manager so I can travel around Australia with my family or, you know, anything, you name it. And it's, and it's an individual thing, but I just don't think enough people actually stop and look at that and question it. No, I don't imagine they do. I think it's, um, a very heavy conversation for this time in the morning, Warwick. <laughs> and you are not at 100% health and fitness at the moment because no. you've got the remnants of a lurgy. Uh, and Woz has come in with, you know, like <laughs> philosophy. Huge philosophy. <laughs> not even little philosophy, big philosophy. <laughs> There's no glass of wine next to me or no lovely cheap me to consume to make this, I don't know, a little softer. You've just come in with the hard yards. And I, you know what, Coxie? I reckon that is a fantastic uh, insight into why people don't do this because mm. it's a, it can be quite confronting to start thinking about these things and challenging the way we've always done stuff. I think that's the bigger, bigger conversation here. It's the same. And we've referenced this quite frequently in the podcast in one form or another 
it's about looking at yourself in the mirror and understanding what your behaviors are and have you chosen for those to be there? Yes, you have in one form or another, but consciously chosen for them to be there. And that's where I guess the biggest choice comes in when you stop and reflect over what you're doing, particularly in your business, but we'd always like to encourage you to think about life, but particularly in your business, what are you doing that isn't serving you anymore? What are you doing and placing importance on that isn't helping your clients or isn't helping you or isn't helping your profit margins or isn't helping your grand plan to get time to spend with your family? What does that look like? What is it that you can stop? And again, it comes back to having the goals, understanding why you're in business. We can refer this right back to the podcast from last week where we encouraged you, whether you'd been in business two minutes or 20 years, to stop and have a think about the fundamentals that need to be put in place before we move forward in business. One of those is understanding what your goals are and why you're in business. Today's a good day to have that thought. Absolutely, Coxie. And the number of people who sit on sessions with me and us and even just conversations with business people that are seeking improvement. It's like, you know, Oh, I want to make things better. I want to grow my business, improve my business, whatever. And it's like, should I do this or that? How many times do we get asked that question? (laughs) Should I do this or that? And you name it, it could be about bookkeeping software. It could be marketing strategies. It could be recruitment you name it. It's usually a question around which is the right way for me to go. And invariably yours and my response is, well, what are your goals? Mm. What do you want? And, and seriously, people sit there and just look at us like a cane toad in the torch. Yeah. It's, it's like, what do you want? And they're like, the mouth starts going mm. like a frog, you know, I don't know. It's like, well, if you don't know what you want, how the heck am I going to be able to tell you which is the right choice? I'm happy to tell you, but otherwise I'm just pulling something out of (laughs) a dark place and serving it up just to give you an answer, but it's not actually serving you. It's why we place so much importance on NIJ planning sessions and bang on and on and on about them because most people don't know what their goals are. They're just aimlessly wandering through life rather than understanding, oh, that's why I started business. I remember I needed more flexibility to be with my family or I did it because I wanted to be able to have more disposable income or, <coughs> excuse me, there's that lady playing. <laughs> I did it because... I was looking to set up a business that I could sell or franchise or whatever it might be. You all started your business for a particular reason, but I think we forget that as we get bogged down into the normal day-to-day running of a business. Yeah. And when we talk about goals, Coxie, I want people to understand that we don't necessarily mean a five page dissertation with dates and dollar figures and specifics around them. That's fantastic. And that's sort of the Holy grail of goal setting, but even just an intention or an idea about what you would like life to look like just on a daily basis. Mm. I asked someone that recently, Mm -hmm. Well, how would you like to your weeks to run? And they did the same thing. It was the goldfish just looking at me with the mouth opening and closing. They didn't know. It's, it's like, been what a... do you want your weeks to look like? Uh... <laughs> it's <laughs> been a big question the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, with a lot of, particularly our tradepreneur clients, 
wonder, you know, you work so hard, you get your business to a point where you can actually start to step out a little bit or you could actually start to focus on different things, but you haven't thought about what you want your day to look like. So you do continue to do what you've always done. I know what I want my day, week and year to look like. I've spent the time to plan and do that. And I didn't just do it on my own. I did it with my family. It was bigger than being just about me. Mm. Um, they're big conversations to have, much like this one at <laughs> nine o'clock. You're welcome, Goxie. <laughs> but just dropped it on you. Well, I tell you what, I'm no longer thinking about the fact that my head feels like it's about to explode. So this is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're big conversations to have. And it, yes, it's very much about you, but if you have a family, it's equally about them and what does theirs look like and can you work together to make it work for everybody? Like I know exactly what my children want out of life. Well, two of them, the other three are yet to decide. They're probably a bit young, but two of them are very clear on what their goals are. So then as parents, we can help guide and shift um, our children towards those goals. Likewise, they all know what my goals are. So they will support. That means that you know, if an opportunity like the radio show thing comes up, they make sure that they do what they need to do to support me to take the time to do that. Mm. Or you know what my goals are. You and I quite frequently share what our goals or aims or ambitions are. And together we support one another in business to get where it is that we want to be. We're very lucky that they're very aligned, which is great for our clients as well, because it means that we're delivering together. But even if you're not, you can support those team members that you're working with. They're going to have very different goals than you, but why not be supporting them? and helping challenge, sorry, channel them in the right direction to tick off some of their goals as well. I'm sure that they have some financial goals or some time goals around taking time out with their family or I don't know, maybe some skills goals that they'd really like to achieve. You can help them achieve all of those as well, which increases their satisfaction levels, which means that your clients are going to be happier. You're happier. They're hanging around a bit longer rather than coming in and leaving. It's tick, tick, tick and win for everybody. And it all starts with being uh, willing to ask some bigger questions of ourselves. Mm. And, I, and I think it's something that's missing from business ownership, from business owners, from just the human race really, is this willingness to question. And we did an episode recently about differences of, of opinion and people having different opinions on things and how that seems to be discouraged actually it's definitely discouraged um categorically we're seeing that online we're seeing that with social platforms we're seeing it with the media with the government uh you know within the public service there's there's specific directives issued within associations uh professional organizations that say you cannot have an opinion other than the the big brother opinion and if you do you will be banned mm. uh so it's like that is flowing into people's either unwillingness or fear of asking these questions because like, well, what if I don't like the answer? Mm. Uh, it's like, well, your life's going to be miserable anyway because you're just going along doing stuff without it being connected to something of meaning. Mm. And I said to, to, a. Uh, again, another client this week, we do a lot of sessions. So we have lots of conversations with clients um, and we've got room for more just in case you're thinking we're, we're full up. We're uh, <laughs> Foxy and I are innovating in our business and we're looking at ways we can actually work with more of you. So um, we do have space to, to work with more of you on a higher level. Um, but I said to someone this week, Coxie, you know what, if what you want is to be self-employed, to be on the tools because you really enjoy 
your trade and to farm out all of the other crap that does your head in and, and make, you know, a hundred grand a year or 50 grand a year or whatever your number is, or just make enough of a wage so you can afford to go and, you know, get blotto on the weekend um, and still hang out with your kids after school. That's okay. I don't care what your goals are. You know, just because I'm a coach doesn't mean I think you need a helicopter like Oliver and a Ferrari (laughs) Mitch and, you know, you don't have to have fancy stuff and big bank balances and everything to be successful in business. I think true success in business is actually getting your business to facilitate what you want. And there's my definition of success. It's success is really personal. It's not defined by others. And if your value of success is that you get every Friday off, then you are successful if you can make that happen. Or if your value of success is you get a cleaner and you do so, then you've reached your level of success. And it doesn't need to be, you know, we, we so often put people on a pedestal and call them successful with air quotes, football players or sporting figures, particularly men, and um, the elite business people. Okay, that might be what we determine as a society to be success, but what do you want in yourself, in your home, in your family? What looks like success for you? And don't let anybody take that away from you be firm in those decisions and okay with the fact that that's your level of success. I feel that I live with success every day because I've found somewhat of a work-life balance, even though I don't believe in balance so much, but (laughs) I've chosen to uh, work with you to create a business that means that you and I get to take some time out, that we're not here slugging away 24-7 every day of the week. That to me is success. I believe we're successful in business because that's what we've created. Furthermore, We've so much of what we do is based on our value of improving lives of tradies. And I believe we're doing that. I believe with the people that we work with, we're consistently shown by their actions and the way things are changing for them, by their feedback, that we're having a positive impact in their lives. That's great for me. That's very successful. So I guess we've got to remember to come back to our level of success, to what makes us happy. And that goes back, I guess, again, to understanding what it is that you want. Yep. So my challenge for you listening to this podcast, wherever you are, whoever you are, and, and we do know a lot of you, we, we hear from a number of our listeners. I know I waxed lyrical recently about not hearing from listeners, not getting, uh, you know, comments from you all, but I do know that a lot of our community listen to the podcast. Um, and we're really grateful for that and your feedback and uh, I guess your conversations outside of this medium. Um, So my challenge to you listening to this is to ask yourself the question, what do you want? It's a scary question because it's, it's literally a blank sheet of paper on the wall, a blank sheet of butcher's paper. And I think it's harder for a lot of us to allow ourselves to create what we want versus just following along with what we've always done because one requires consciousness and choice and that leads to ownership and all of that responsibility and everything that we that we encourage you all to follow and the other one actually is easier because we can just go along with what's always happened we can blame external factors for why we don't have what we want but when someone like me or coxie asks you what you want you, you suffer the goldfish syndrome. 
and you don't have an answer to it. So I would challenge you to actually start to get some idea about what you want. If you do have some ideas about that already, if you're one of those people, then congratulations. I'm, I'm really stoked for you. And then my question is, well, are you doing the things that's actually getting you closer to what you want? Mm. Are you being unconscious in other areas of your life? Maybe it's not about what your goals are or what you want. Maybe you're just not consciously approaching your days, weeks, months, and it still comes back to having a plan and a set of actions that relate to what you want. So either way, you're caught. (laughs) (laughs) You're now a great big fishing net. Yes, catching goldfish. So there you go, listeners, um, tradies in business. I want to know what you think. Coxie probably does too, uh, especially because she'll be over her cold soon and uh, she'll be able to think <laughs> about more than just Kleenex tissues. So <laughs> I have a, a sponsorship to Kleenex tissues. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you, Kleenex? Or maybe Quilton. In- I, think, I think Quilton is still an Aussie company. Kleenex, not so. But, uh, That's true. Jump on the Facebook page. Uh, we do keep an eye on our, our um, social feeds. So if you've got something to say, hop on there and let us know what you think. Drop us a message. Do you know what you want? Have you ever asked that question? Do you suffer from goldfish syndrome when it comes to some of those questions that, that we ask here on the show? We want to hear from you. Um, Facebook, Tradies in Business, hit us up. And as I said earlier, if you are looking to make some change if you think you're ready to at least start asking some bigger questions get in touch with us go to the website you'll find uh, our contact details and everything on there drop us a message and um, we're more than happy to book a chat with you and just see if there's a fit thanks for listening Warwick's not going to go and iron his shirts (laughs) no I'm valuing coffee more than that okay I'm going to go and iron mine You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.